Salutation Shades, and welcome back to your one-stop shop for all things strange and unusual, talking with shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Whaley. And a very frustrated Marcus <laughs> D. Holy <laughs> Christ! We've been trying to record for a full hour now, just haunted and haunted and harried by technical difficulties. Oh my god, I have invented so many new expletives. This afternoon that would get us kicked off of YouTube, but we are here, we are recording the episode, we are super excited, and on top of that, we are also on video for all of our patrons, by the way. No lie this time, after the last video when we said we were, and then we realized afterwards we did not hit record on the camera. Look at it now, (laughs) red light on our audio recording that's going on, recording on our programming right here, you can see us waving over here, so it's going great, hello. Hello, Shades. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome, patrons. Uh, and a big shout out to our newest patron, by the way, Jesse. Jesse. Yes, who fine. We are so excited to finally came around and join the cool club. I highly suspect I might know which Jesse this is. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and all I got to say is it's about time, Jesse. How long have we been supporting your endeavors? You just now became. A patron. You're the only patron we're going to get mad at for the time. Apparently, this is how we treat our patrons. You get badgered. Yes. (laughs) Yes. All of our other patrons, we are glad you were were able to join whenever it was convenient for you. Jesse, you should have done it a long time ago. (laughs) Just so you know. But we are back, guys, for for part two of our uh, exploration of the Mothman timeline surrounding the Silver Bridge collapse. Uh, if you didn't check out our last episode, I would definitely go back to that episode as we covered a lot of the events of the Mothman leading up to the Silver Bridge collapse. And we ended up about at the end of November of 1966. Oh, yeah. We'll be starting in early December now. But do you want to do some I comments? Do. I do. So from our last, from our last episode, uh, Dino Benton said... I'd say Nessie, but then Monster Quest touted the idea of having it uh, of it having died so Bigfoot keeps the throne. Chupacabra and Mothman feel like they are close enough. Also, in regards to distance for the Mothman, what if there was more than one? Uh, in regards to the Condor, oh my God. by the way, where <laughs> if you're also joining us for the first time of this episode, uh, welcome to our second uh, meeting of uh, Fat American Condors Anonymous. Okay, I, I really just misguessed how much a California condor weighs by a factor of 10. So, like, he, uh, Vic considered the condor was probably, like, the size of the dragon from the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Like, the that chonky dragon they're from a, that movie. They're apparently much smaller than I thought they were in my head. I think I have, like, like... I think I maybe watched that Rescuers Down Under movie when I was a little kid. And, like, that giant bird snuck into my head and went into the California Condor file or something. Because I was thinking it was, like, that big or something. You're, and you're, you, so, wait. So, you thought the California Condor was the bird from the 
Rescuers Down Under that takes place in Australia. No, no, no. I, I just I think that bird snuck over into my brain's California condor oh, file and okay. just like just was hanging out there, skewing oh, the size category on it or something. <laughs> Donald Benton also said we should check out the Andean condor, though that's a big boy. And I pulled up some photos of it, and that looks like a turkey that will f your life up like that. <laughs> That is a big effing bird. I, I almost swore. Look, it looks like a villain in an upcoming Disney movie. <laughs> like, like it's just it's just going to be the bad guy that just messes with some kids. But back to that idea of there being multiple, I actually think that makes a good degree of sense. But it's like, when it comes to the Mothman, it's just very hard to figure out anything about it. I don't think, like... It makes biological sense, so it's hard to think of it as having a biological family. But it does seem to be organic, so maybe it does? Yeah. I don't know. It's just such a complicated subject matter. Gotcha. Uh, Aries Blue Steel says, A 200-pound bird would need a 23- to 30-foot wingspan to be able to fly, absolutely dwarfing any current living flying bird. Birds are built to be as lightweight as possible, so even the biggest currently living flying birds weigh about as much as a toddler, even though they even have hollow bones to reduce its weight of their skeletons. Yeah, I knew about the whole hollow bones thing. and But, like, when you're applying, like, the science of flight to any flying humanoid encounter, not just the Mothman, the numbers just aren't there. You can't make it make sense. The wingspans are wrong. The weight ratios are wrong. Well, that would mean that if it's actually light enough that it could fly, then I don't know why people are that terrified of it. Because if you if it's the weighs about as much as a toddler, like that means a toddler could take the Mothman. Well, okay, that doesn't necessarily <laughs> like, follow. Like, but like, I see what you're I see what you're saying here. Like, like now that's that's what I want to see now: toddler versus Mothman. It, it, instead of blood, the Mothman has helium that carries like <laughs> all of its vital goos. <laughs> I don't know. That's oh, I got it now. Like it's instead of like having these predatory, like red glowing eyes because it's you know some supernatural creature, it's just red because it's high all the time. Because <laughs> it's tough. Because it's tough in helium to make to make it light. Uh, it gives me a, a, a plane, trains, and automobiles reference from John Caddy. Like it's, it's filled with helium, so it's very light. Oh, oh, the the little yeah. links and what what not. Sure, it's it's, it's been a very long time since I've seen Neil Armstrong that movie. Moon Rings. It's a it's a great movie. Um, Jay the Phoenix says, putting it briefly, flying is is anatomically expensive. Mothman would likely have hollow bones for or being uh, for its weight, and I believe oxygen transfer. Mothman may not hold parts of organs that seem people. Moth. <laughs> Hashtag Mothman has one nut <laughs> is the best hashtag, by the way, that I have ever seen. And I, I love it when people put like terms like biologically expensive in there because a lot of it, that's what it comes down to. We talked about this some when we were talking about like bat mm -hmm. squatch, the caloric cost of a creature like that being able to fly would be insane. Like the human brain. It only works because it's so damn effective because it eats a ton of our caloric intake just to make that organ run the way it does. Well, you don't think that maybe the fact that it just only has one testicle might reduce the calorie intake that it needs to survive? By a little 
fit. I mean, it makes sense if you're if you're going to cut corners for weight. Sure. I mean, I don't know. I have both. Of them. I don't know what it's like to live that way. So I don't know what the caloric exchange oh, let rate. Let me put it this way: be. I don't think losing a nut's going to make me fly. I, also, I, I really doubt that. <laughs> also, so we want to be clear that we are not endorsing. Uh, that in any way, shape, or form. Like, Wait, how do we get on, like, do we or don't we endorse body, like, <laughs> removal? I, I, I don't even know what to say. I here. blame Jay. I blame Jay, the <laughs> Phoenix. Jay knows what they did. Hashtag Mothman has one nut. I want, Love it. I want that Love to go it. viral. That's just, that's just great. And I think uh, on that note, or on that nut, we can, <laughs> we, can, we can now move on to the next part of of the timeline of the events. Okay, last time we left off, it was late November. We were tracking Mothman's movements, kind of keeping in this circular pattern around the area of Point Pleasant right. and occasionally just kind of dipping into the city to spook some peoples. Mm -hmm. We're going to go a bit of a ways into this, and then we have a really interesting theory we're wanting to pitch to you guys, but we'll get to that here in a second. We're going to pick back up in, in uh, December. There have been a few more Mothman encounters mm -hmm. in the intervening time, but they've been more sporadic. The next major one comes December 4th, 1966. Mothman was reportedly uh, seen near the town of Ravenswood, West Virginia, located about 30 miles south of Point Pleasant. Mm -hmm. So once again, it's following that pattern of the Mothman kind of appears in the Point Pleasant area, the TNT area, spooks some people, but then for some reason, once again, withdraws. Mm -hmm. This time heading south. Now, one of the things I think that we also need to understand here during this timeline is this is about the time that John Keel, we know that by this time, John Keel has now come to Point Pleasant and he's, and he's interviewing individuals regarding the Mothman, correct? Yes, he arrove in what, early November? Yeah, yeah, November. Yeah. And so we're in, So we're in December. So now for a fact, we do know that at this point, people in the town are starting to talk about it. John Keel's going around and interviewing people during this time. Actually, Keel brings yeah. up something very interesting in Mothman prophecies. It's actually at the very start of the book where Keel talks about him uh, checking out these uh, rumors of men showing up in dark suits <laughs> on, uh, on like lonely roads and coming up to houses and knocking and asking for seemingly simple things. Uh, their mannerisms were strange for the area. But the end of the joke is it's Kiel. It's Kiel because <laughs> his car broke down and he had to like go and like <laughs> ask random people out in the middle of the sticks for like help with his car. <laughs> and end up generating like a mini rumor about him. <laughs> like I immediately was thinking like jumping to some of the stories we did in a previous episode. Like it was in, I think it was in New York whenever we were talking about that of like these these men in black esque scenarios or these just strange people that were just showing up on your doorstep, and Keel is literally contributing. Oh no! <laughs> to like, that now, in the book, in he the definitely 60s. spins it that sort of way for the joke just to be it was me. <laughs> I, you gotta love you gotta love somebody who has a sense of humor ab about this whole thing. Okay, next sighting, December eighth, nineteen sixty six. Several residents of Point Pleasant reportedly received strange phone calls. These unusual calls warned them about an impending disaster and mentioned the Mothman. These, fall, er, these calls caused fear and anxiety within the community. Mm -hmm. Now, you probably are at least somewhat familiar with these calls, are yeah. you? Yeah, you're talking about like people just calling up saying something bad. But you're talking like the men, like comparing to like men yeah, like the black strange, yeah. the strange, like some of them were distorted. Some of them gave very unusual names. Now was that to now was that to just random townsfolk or was that to Keel himself? 
Um, I believe Kill did receive some himself, but for the most part, uh, Kill was documenting it occurring to other people within the town. Right. Um, if I remember right, one of them was, even introduced himself as like Mr. UFO. Ah. And some of them claimed to know Kiel or other reporters. Right. But they were hinting about this impending disaster. That's what really sticks out to me because we all know what's coming. We're not to it yet, but all you guys listening at home, I assume, know what we're building to. Well, yeah. Well, <clears throat> one of the things I think, too, I, I have an idea possibly for, like, Keel getting some of these phone calls. Now, random people in the community, depending upon who they are. I mean, let's keep in mind, we're all talking about, like, the 1960s where we have, like, land. Now, I know many people today don't remember the times in which we had landline phones. But, like, it, it wasn't super table and common if somebody knew your cell phone, like, phone number, where they wouldn't call you just to mess with you. Now, keep in mind, Keel is showing up around this time, and he's asking some people in the town personal questions, throwing up stuff. And I imagine that there probably are going to be some people in the community not super excited that some stranger from outside of the town is now showing up and asking a bunch of really weird questions. Oh, yeah, people, uh, although Kill was generally liked by the people in the community, there definitely were people who didn't want Kill. Yeah, yeah I mean, it just takes one person just to not like you and then just a, a few of their cronies. Yeah, but, like, the idea that, like, it's calling up a lot of random people, and Kill does go into some of these in the book, where people are just getting these weird phone calls, some of them distorted, some of them not sounding right, some of them not even really making much sense. Correct. And just hinting at there being this impending disaster... Right before a real disaster occurs. No, no, no. I, I want to know. The people in the... Now, I, the, I don't have an explanation for... I don't have an explanation for, like, the people that are that are receiving some of these phone calls. Keel, I get. Because mm-hmm. keep in mind, we're talking, like, the 1960s. You have civil rights activists that also got threatening yeah. f- phone calls to people, you know, whenever they show up in a town. And, like, you need to get out. Otherwise, something bad's going to happen. Like, some sort of impending threat. But, like, the people yeah, yeah. themselves... Because again, at this time, people don't know something's going to happen. You know that we're that we're leading up to the Silver Bridge collapse. But okay, so people associate Mothman with this prophetic force, correct? And we have these prophetic calls going out, although correct. they're generally pretty ill-specific, correct? How do we how do we combine these two ideas? Is is the Mothman grabbing a phone and making these calls? Is this some sort of telepathic pulse is being picked up by the airways and manifesting in a way we understand. Is this a separate prophetic force occurring within this town? Um, like, like, I really want to understand this part of the phenomena, but it's very hard when you really think about it to dissect. Okay. If I'm putting, <clears throat> if I'm, I'm putting on my believer hat, I mean, okay. it's not that hard in this particular situation. One of the things that I also think that I, that I, that I do believe in, I do believe in psychic phenomena. I really 100% do believe. And if you have an individual that is prone to having like some of these possible like prophetic visions, that may be something that's going on is they're just diving into whatever their instincts are telling them to do to make a call like something bad is about to happen. So are you saying that like there may have been someone in the town who was prophetic and was just kind of reaching out, scattershot, or, calling or, people with this vague warning? Or even, or, outs- or even outside the town. I mean, it could be yeah. even be outside of the town itself too that just... That just felt like some psychics, when you listen to some people, they'll just say that they were just driven to do something. Like yeah, they like don't, they don't that, even uh, know why. There was that, uh, I, I didn't research this before because I didn't know what we were talking about, but there was that famous um, airplane crash where a bunch of random people had these psychic visions that this plane was going to crash. Right. 
and called in the authorities, and they ended up getting investigated because, well, if I'm like, hey, this plane with this number is going to crash, and then right. it crashes, the authorities are going to think I had something to do with it. Right. And, you know, and it, that may have been something that may have been driving people to do that. I mean... Oh, yeah, the, the people who called in, their big thing was, like, I just felt compelled I had to tell someone. I didn't know how I knew this crash was going to occur, but I knew I kn- that it was going to happen, and I'm mm. responsible for getting this word out. Yeah. Like, I think people inherently, as well, not inherently, I think people, like civilized individuals, have this compulsion of wanting to help people. Oh, I, I think it's inherent. I think that's part of being a social creature. Well, no, I think that we're generally born selfish. We learn, we learn to care oh, about others. How very Hobbesian are you? That, so, now, that's an obscure I'm philosophy just, I, reference right any, there. Anybody <laughs> that has a child knows you have to teach that into people to, to life share. Life is short, petty, and brutish. You know, like okay, you, if anyone's getting these Hobbes references, yeah. please please comment because probably no one's not, getting them but me. I'm not saying <laughs> it's that deep, where, but I'm saying like you, where we learn to, but, but that's instilled into people, the sense of wanting, you, that's a learned behavior, regardless if it's inherent or it's <laughs> learned it doesn't really matter you just have it's this a learned behavior drive. regardless of it's inherent or no learned. it's you have you either <laughs> either if it's inherently you have this desire to help people or you've picked up this trait you have said trait and i would then, say it's it's not inherent in everyone but i think right. in social creatures there's a trend right. is, is right. probably how i should have said it and because you have that trait, you're going to have people that just get this compelled of, I need to do something. Yeah. And if you knew something bad was going to happen, you're going to be driven to warn people. Yeah. And so, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, if, if I was going to make a guess as to what could cause that, that's, that's going to be my guess. I've never heard people talk about this kind of phenomenon, but I think, but I would believe it. I, I've only heard it in a few cases. And in many of those, it's people being like, in some of them were people who aren't normally psychic. They're just like, hey, I knew this. I just had to get it out because I didn't want people to die. And I right. felt if they died and I didn't say something, it's on right. me. Because Keel getting these phone calls and people getting these calls reminds me vaguely of, like, the Zodiac Killer phenomenon. Like, the, inve- the, the reporter that was investigating that got random strange phone calls, including also people, like, associated with the whole thing also got bizarre phone calls, too. Was it, was this like because this I don't know that much about? Is this like strange phone calls? Is like, hey, I'm a random person. Here's what I think happened. No, or, like it's like heavy breathing, distorted oh. phone calls, and things like that too. So it's a. I think that's something people forget has happened as we have moved away from landline phones into cell phones. Wait, are you telling me, on air, not quite live? That the Mothman was a Zodiac killer? I mean, we don't know who the Zodiac <laughs> killer was. I'm just saying. Now, granted, I think people... Wait, no, people have survived it. No, he does, they doesn't have wings. So, no, I, I'm going to exonerate the Mothman and say, no, the Mothman is not the Zodiac killer. Okay, you're officially coming out exonerating the Mothman <laughs> right. as not being the Zodiac killer. But I just meant, like, what this phenomenon was. I mean, I, I think they can make an argument for the skeptic case, or it could even make an argument for the, the believer case. <sighs> I don't know. I think it's really fascinating. I think yeah, this is sure. this is one of those things that's at the crux of the Mothman phenomena. And what makes it so interesting is I can't quite get my head around it. Like, and part of me ties it in with some of the strange stuff going on uh, simultaneously with Woodrow Derenberger uh, during this time period, mm-hmm. uh, where he's getting like these visits from Indrid Cold and he's getting these psychic visions from Indrid Cold, but also like. Okay, tell me if you get, you you've you've studied the the whole Woodrow thing, right? Uh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention because I had another thought that just came up tying back to the phone call. Oh, thing. what you got? 
Have you ever noticed that as time has progressed, we move towards cell phones, do you see less of that particular phenomenon of the random strange phone calls that people that people get like with the phone? I mean, probably. I guess I haven't I haven't found a lot of cases where it comes up modernly. Yeah. So yeah, and I, I guess it, it must be falling off. Like even other like Mothman phenomenon, like say like with Fukushima, nine eleven, these other sorts of types of instances, you don't really see these popping up as compared to say like. Point Pleasant, Chernobyl. But it's also, like, not uncommon for, like, there not to be a major Mothman event for a few decades at a time. Sure. So we could just be in a dry spell right now. True, but but Chernobyl happened in the... Uh, the 80 early 80, I'm not gonna look it up right now but some but after Point Pleasant yeah and you and you had a similar phenomenon with the phone call with the, with the, with the random phone threatening phone call things but as cell phones have come out and we've even had Mothman sightings with that you don't get the weird strange phone calls I'm not saying that that to me the, I was curious as to the reason about why that's the case but it seems like there's a a change in the phenomenon like we talked about in the pillow talk segment with the hat man yeah you know there's been a resurgence of sightings of him in like in the, in the 2020s and now he's got like white eyes or white glowing eyes which is weird pre that okay kind of a two-part question sure the most recent big mothman flap and correct me if i'm wrong was the gary indiana one yes in the early two well i mean like Wing, whether or not it was a Mothman or oh, was that a Wing. That was my next sightings. question was like, going to be, do you, do you classify this like more like Mothman or maybe something more like the NASA Gargoyle? Like, that's more like a NASA. Like, if you're to, like, the, the very last, like, you would tie the Mothman to something was the Fukushima disaster. Okay, so you wouldn't really count the, like, what happened in Gary, Indiana to be part of no, it. No. Okay. No, no. I, I think that's a similar, like, we see a winged humanoid, but it's not. And I mean, in... I mean, I just... I, I think that's fair. Like, I think that's a fair enough. So, like, it it was a winged humanoid, dark-colored. Right. But it didn't do a lot of Mothman-y stuff, so... Yeah. But then again, we people talk about the Mothman all the time, and they usually associate with disasters. But again, we talk about that the Moth... That there are very similarly eerily these winged humanoid sightings that don't necessarily <clears throat> coincide. Like, unless, I mean, we're from Indiana, so I mean, Gary Indiana itself is a, disa- is a natural disaster. Yeah, but yeah. The, the natural disaster being is from in, Being from Indiana, Indiana, I think we could say that, I mean, you know. Being, it is a rough place, guys. <laughs> you know, don't. <laughs> I'm like. If you have a chance to go just, there or go around it, maybe just know, go around. <laughs> can't, can't go over it. Can't go under it. You know, I'm going, I'm going through I'm going around it. That's probably your smart but, choice when it comes down to it. But. I but, just, yeah. Like, I just really feel like there's a missing piece here, and it's a very crucial piece of the puzzle. With like the, With the phone calls? The, yeah, no, I think the phone calls right. fit into the greater pattern of the mystery of the Mothman, but we've never been able to really get a good sense of the why of it. And I think if we could figure that out, we would be a lot closer. I Because that's a big part of the prophetic angle. Like, I want to... Like, I really want to believe that there's psychic phenomena, but you can easily believe at the same time that there are people that are threatening individuals in the town because you have some reporter-type individuals showing up. Yeah. wanting to. It only takes a couple bad apples for something like that to happen. I don't know. It's, like, so close to the Silver City disaster. Sure. And they're calling and talking about this disaster about to happen. Yeah, because you can't, because you're leaving it vague as to what type of threat that it could be. 
Yeah, but it's so close on the timeline. Yeah, but even if you listen to people... We're that talking, are res- what, like, six true, days now? True. I'm not saying that there are bizarre coincidences. I'm not saying that it's not that it's not a good... That it's not eerily coincidental. Uh, that's fair. I, I guess it, it could be just people making these vague threats. Just kind of how people do. Right. And it just happened to line up well with it but at the same time it's kind of hard for me to write it off but also but comparing it to the chernobyl (laughs) disaster there's really no reason to believe that just random people are just going to get threatening phone calls for no real random reason during that time yeah so i mean that's going along with that too i kind of forgot that there were threatening calls with the chernobyl disaster exactly and there wasn't a random person i mean granted you're in the so i mean you're in not a very nice part of the world, but, I mean, I just don't think that you're going to be receiving a random call for zero reason leading up to the Chernobyl disaster. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, you ready to move on? Sure. <clears throat> December 9th, 1966, the Mothman was reportedly seen near the town of St. Albans, West Virginia, located 30 miles northeast of Point Pleasant. Okay. So, similar to last month, we have the Mothman going south Mm-hmm. Then kind of returning to the area and then going north Correct. again. Um, actually, really early in the in November, there was some stuff north, right. and some of it even preexisted. Some of the Point Pleasant stuff. Right. But once again, we have the Mothman making this weird circuit for God knows why. December tenth. Uh, another very simple sighting within the um, within the Point Pleasant area. And then it kind of dies down for a while until the 15th. Correct. And what happens on the 15th? We have the Silver, we have the silver Bridge collapse. And for some reason, I had in my notes that it was on the 10th, and I'm glad that you corrected me, mm-hmm. like, right before that. I have no clue why I put that date down wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's when the bridge collapses. That's where everything goes down. We checked to see if Kill was in town at the time. It turns out he was. But, okay, how do we, how do we, now that we have a timeline established up to the bridge, before we move on to like some of the stuff that you're right, going right, to talk right. about, how do we rectify this information? We uh, have a strange entity. It's appearing right. mainly around this town and right. occasionally in this kind of circling motion, usually going south then north. Correct. Um, we have these strange phone calls in the town. We have the whole uh, Derenberger thing where he's getting these messages from, uh, and I know we didn't cover a lot of it, but we've covered it on previous episodes, where he's getting these messages from Indrid Cold. Right. Uh, well, the first thing that I'm going to say is I don't think that the Mothman caused the bridge to collapse. Okay. I know that there are some individuals that like to say the Mothman causes some of these particular types of, um, these types of problems. Um, I mean, one of the the reason why the bridge collapses is it's one of those oh I can never remember pronounced but where the the vertical part of the of the bridge meets the uh, the top the top rope kind of like where it tees yeah there's a there's kind of like a there's a circular ball bearing that goes that goes in so we can move and one of the things that they found from that was the one that broke was defective. And that they had found evidence of corrosion that had been building up over time where water had gotten in that caused it to crack. And what so, about the idea that Mothman is an agent of, like, entropy? That it just rapidly caused that to happen? We're talking about something mystically, so I'm not going to, like, I'm, be able to scientifically break it down for you. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what a 
intrapedic aura would look like. I, I, I couldn't like even the, do- like the Mothman. It's just gonna put like a natural corrosive thing that's gonna that's gonna look like something that corroded for like thirty something years. And I, I've heard <laughs> rather a few, than it just snapping. I've heard a few kind of fringe theories on. One is right. that the Mothman is just this creature that's an agent of entropy. That where the Mothman is going to be, things are just going to break down, corrode, and go back to base form at an unnatural rate. Mm-hmm. Another one I've heard is that, in this is kind of in a similar vein, that it's a kind of living omen of bad fate. Mm-hmm. That wherever it's going to be, things bad will naturally happen. Um, and then I've kind of heard of a more fringe one that, like, it's just in there chewing on stuff. And I, I think that that sounds very unlikely in this situation, but I want to voice all the dissenting opinions I'm aware of. Well, I, I would say that it just seems very bizarre for the Mothman to fly over there <clears throat> and then create an effect of something that would take thirty something years for it to for it to do. I mean, I'm I'm not rather than it just this. snapping <laughs> like like. The thing is, like, I couldn't, I couldn't really give any real defense to this because physics-wise, it doesn't really make right, sense. Right. It, it's more of this very kind of fringe mystical interpretation. But right. I, I did want to give it to you compared to because also at the time there were other similar bridges that were that were manufactured around 1928 of like up in Pittsburgh. You have the the Three Sisters bridges that are up there that are built in the same fashion as the Mothman, the, sorry, as, as the Silver Bridge, except for the fact that these rungs, these ball joints, are further spaced apart in the Silver City Bridge, which caused one, which which made it much easier for when one broke, the rest of them broke. So this was uh, kind of an engineering error on its right, placement. correct. And was the main reason why the, the Three Sisters Bridges up in <laughs> Pittsburgh that were designed in a similar fashion, but where there were more of these um, support beams that were that were that were set up were kept and then i think it was the carpenter bridge which was along the river as well which was built similar to the silver bridge was closed um was closed and they demolished it shortly thereafter was it did it have some of the same design flaws yes i believe it had some of the, the well they were concerned they were concerned if one broke that the rest of them would end up breaking and it would be able Makes to support sense. It. yeah um you know, I don't, in truth, well, actually, and I think in all fairness, I don't think they actually investigated the bridge. I think some people even think that that particular bridge was taken down too quickly. Um, there's some people that, that throw that out there as well. So I don't want to fully say that it was, I, it wasn't, it was built similarly, but who knows whether or not if. That it might have been taken down due to reactionary yeah, uh, beliefs. You know, if, you know, whether or not there was any reason to believe that any of them were defective, like the Silver Bridge was. So. If we're not thinking that Mothman is the cause, which I, I wasn't trying to make the argument sure, that that's what sure. I actually believe, uh, I guess that leaves us kind of with maybe two other major possibilities. Um, sure. that at least that's coming across my head. Uh, one being that it's a coincidental appearance, mm-hmm. and the other one being that maybe it's drawn to fate. Like, it's drawn to these these native things, which, which that is the one I personally do believe. I think it's like a black shuck. So then let me ask you a but let me ask you a question. As compared to, say, the Black Shuck, as compared mm-hmm. to, say, the Mothman, because these are two very different um, entities of fate, okay? Uh, the Black Shuck showing up, like, if you're about to die or possibly one of these, but the Mothman mm-hmm. showing up around major disasters. Yes. If we're under the guise, though, that these entities are also trying to stay hidden, why in any way, shape, or form would the Mothman be drawn to these major disasters, which are going to draw 
local, state, and federal and military and federal agents. Because after the Silver City Bridge, the, I keep calling the Silver City, the Silver Bridge collapsed. You have local cops, feds, the, the National Guard showed up. That's a lot of attention on a particular area. Um, one of my first thoughts is I'm not sure that these, like, psychopomp-like creatures are necessarily trying to stay hidden. Like, say, if I compare to, like, bar guys, black shucks, things like that, they'll often be seen visibly around graveyards in places of tragedy or battlefields and things like that. And it doesn't seem like they're trying to hide their presence in those moments. It almost seems like they're trying to make their presence known for specific moments and then disappearing at other moments. I, I, I definitely don't think they're like wanting to be seen in this sort of way where, oh, I'm going to show up on this day and I'm going to wait long enough for the news media to get here. <laughs> right. I, I think that right. they show up and they want to be seen and known to convey some sort of message, but only for a short period of time. And for some reason, like they don't want to stick around, you know, to be interviewed. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm uh, the more that I, Oh wait, I know a way to, to sure, verbalize sure, it. Sure. They want to be visible, but still elusive. I think that's that's a better verbiage for what I'm trying to say. Now, don't get me wrong. Eventually, where this conversation is going to end up leading, <clears throat> I'm starting to kind of a, come around to that to to that belief as well. Um, with this idea where they want to be present, convey some sort of message, but not stick around to be um, talked with about said message. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. I, but I do. Th- I did think it was an interesting point to bring up. You know, because we've always talked about like there, because there have been numerous instances in which we've talked about the paranormal and this theories of that they seem to be not wanting to be publicly known or or for, like they're not they're not want, they're not trying to make themselves known to be interacted with on a everyday everyday. Their scale. nature is to be elusive, right? I don't know why, but it just seems to be how the game's played. Right. And as far as like it being coincidental, I do believe a paranormal event can happen around the same time as a major tragedy and then not be connected. I just don't think that's the case with this one partially connected to the prophetic phone calls and things like that. And it kind of dies. It doesn't die off immediately afterwards, but it does go from a lot of sightings in a short period of time to a pretty clear drop off over the next month. Well, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about, we've talked a lot about, well, and it, it, with that time frame where it drops off, we've talked about a lot of entities possibly being uh, feeding off of particular emotions. We've talked about that a lot with shadow people trying to feed off negative emotions. If the Mothman showing up around some of these national tragedies. Keep in mind, shortly thereafter, the attitude shifts. Yeah. You know, like, you know, there's a, there's a tragedy that occurs and then sort of the, the emotion in the air starts to change. Yeah. You know, comparing like right after the Silver City Bridge collapsed, you know, numerous people, you know, died from that particular event, you know, and then after that, there's this sense of the community coming together, rebuilding, going forward. Um, I'm curious if maybe that was what was was leading up to it. Something that I don't think we've talked about recently. Hmm? The demon connection. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's like based but people do have this association that demons turn up on places where bad things have or will happen. Mm-hmm. And then there's, and I think that this is a bit of a tangential connection. It's dark. It's got red eyes. It's got the wings. It kind of fulfills a medieval yeah. set. Like, like if you look at one of those, um, 
giant paintings of hellscapes done during the medieval period. If you put Mothman in the background there, Mothman wouldn't stand out as a strange entity because Mothman does meet up with this medieval aesthetic they had at the time period of what a demon would look like. Sure. Now, I, I don't personally think we need to draw that comparison, but I, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. What, what's your thoughts? About whether or not if it's a demon and they're just drawn to those particular types of events. Or it's just there because tragedy is evil and it's attracted to evil. I don't personally think tragedy is evil, but I, I'm trying to make the devil's advocate case here. Well, I think that if... <clears throat> okay. Okay. Well, if I'm going to take that argument about where it's going to show up before a tragedy, also one of the things that's going to happen shortly thereafter the tragedy is, again, going the demon route. Yeah. Okay. If God is going to be the one to intervene and moves us from one, from one plane of existence to the next plane of existence, also within that vein, you see that you know demons are avoiding where God is at. So anytime death is going to show up, what do you, that's that's what happens. Is that that a thing? Yeah, they like they avoid they they avoid contact with the divine. Yes, you're you're, you're the one with the Catholic lore here. Yes. I, I where know they, where they avoid that. Oh yeah. Okay, so then that's actually kind of a point God, in favor yeah. for the fall off in sightings. If, if God moves us from like if you're going to like go the Christian round of like God moves us from one plane of existence to the next plane of existence, when we die, why would a demon be there? Because God's going to show up. In, I mean, he's everywhere, in that, especially in that moment. I guess my thinking... Or why I care, I guess. But. ...was uh, maybe along the lines of the... I guess I was thinking it was more of a symbolic statement of, like, God taking you up into heaven than, like, God showing up. I, I, it's just, it's a way I hadn't thought about it before. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, no reason, it does you know. come up... I feel like the conversation is going less in a direction of it being demonic. Like, I, I hear people bringing up that idea less and less over time. Sure. Like, uh, where do you feel like the conversation on the Mothman is heading? I think that it's just that he's a prophetic entity. That he's, that he's showing up right before something bad is going to... Like, something bad's about to happen. I don't know. I think the direction or, is going or, sorry, to... Or a major event is about to occur. I think I think the I think the conversation is heading towards the Mothman is sexy. I've heard it too often lately. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I always just find it so funny because when we're at the Mothman Museum, yeah. there are two different groups of girls walking around talking about how hot Mothman was, and I'm like, what world am I in? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so weird. No hating, no hating, no kink shaming. If any of you out there are thinking that Mothman is your perfect match, I, I'm not going to hold you back for nothing. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say, if 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 your kink is that you want to be around an, ind an individual that shows up right before disasters, uh, you're going to get whatever comes from that. I'm sorry, I'm not shaming you. You're just gonna, that's just what's going to probably. Our official happen to statement you. is it's not a kink shame, but. Maybe look for less toxic no, relationships. Shame is important. <laughs> you, shame is healthy. You okay. shame people from from doing dumb stuff like that. Like, oh, I really like serial killers. Yes, shame <laughs> that person. Okay, like, okay, it's okay. for their betterment. Trust we, we, me. We have we have a two different stances here. I'm taking the no sh the no king shame route. No, you're, you're like you shamed shame the them. American condor for just existing as wait, its wait, natural wait. state. The the California condor can be big and beautiful. Yeah. I never said that it was you know, wrong. I just guessed the weight incorrectly. You know, I, I'm going to shame an individual that's going to be like, that's whose attraction is going to lead them to possibly a fatal outcome. 
I don't know. I don't know if Mothman's doing the fatal outcome. We just talked about he shows up in disasters. Well, so do firemen. And also, <laughs> and also bad luck ha- and the winged humanoid curse. There is, there is, there is a Mothman curse that we haven't talked about yet. Shame people for their own protection, people. I guess that does screw up my firemen also arrive at disasters. You noticed that when we shamed you, by the way, Vic, for your talking about the Connor, you stopped doing it. Uh, well, yes, because I was just wrong. I was just factually incorrect. Yes, yes. In a very provable sense. Yes. Well, I'm also going to assume that if you have an attraction to serial killers, there's probably a factual sense of you're probably more likely going to have something bad happen well, to you. do your thing, but maybe, like, don't do actually follow through with it. <laughs> what, shaming people attracted no, to serial killers? No, up with serial killers. Oh, yeah, don't yeah, do don't, that. Maybe, maybe, no. maybe don't actually do Don't it. do that. But if you want to explore the idea in your own mind, yeah, sure, no, no king shaming over here. Uh, there's king shaming over here. That's I will, I, I'm not saying I do it a lot, but there are lines. I, 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 say, I say we fight. We, we. All right, we'll fight. I'm going to say it's okay to shame people for being attracted to serial killers that'll get them killed. You can defend it. Go for it. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just going to throw a Hadouken. I, yeah, I feel like you're the... I feel like you're the heel in this wrestling match. I'm just saying. Just saying. Oh, dude, if I was going to be a wrestler, I'd 100% be a heel. Oh, oh well, oh, I'd be, It I'd seems be like it's face. just more fun. Absolutely, I'd be the baby face. Um, okay, now, I really want to get into some of this theory that you... You, you pitched me this crazy idea this morning, and you're, I've gone all the way down the rabbit hole with you. You, you realize we got five minutes left until the Dipilotox. You know, let, let's too. go ahead and start it now. Yeah. And then we'll just keep going. And we'll, we'll lead, because this is going to be kind of... So, one of the things that that we were... That I that I discovered with the Mothman... This morning, I was... Uh, before I, I reached out to Vic, I was talking... I was looking at videos of the Silver City Collapse. This Again, the Silver Bridge Collapse. And they got to the part of the they got to the part of the documentary where they were talking about the aftermath of the silver of the Silver Bridge collapse. And they talked about right after the Silver Bridge collapse, we have this radical change in uh, legislation surrounding the inspection of bridges, which still even exists today. Um, which is also one of the reasons about why you just don't even see um, bridges collapsing. Like a lot, you know, they're very heavily inspected. Anybody that's in that can tell you that. And then I realized that when I started thinking about other types of disasters where Mothman has been citing, there is a bunch of other legislation that shortly follows that particular disaster. And it even went beyond just the Mothman phenomenon. That's what what really blew my mind when you yeah. brought this to me this morning. So, like, if you look at, say... Um, the Chernobyl disaster. There's tons of new international policy that changed that occurred due to new for nuclear safety. Even for the Fukushima disaster, you look at 9/11. Um, and these are all areas yeah. just to remind the listener where Mothman yeah. was accounted. Tons of there, there's tons of legislation that's been passed, and when it comes to like safety on on airplanes, um, to, to this point, even when we talk about the Freiburg Schrieker. Back in like then it was like 1978. You look at like Germany in 1980. Shortly thereafter, that totally changes the way that they do mining and made it more sustainable to prevent something like that from happening again. And then I was like, "This is it." Just blew my mind when I noticed this. But then I'm like, "You could 
might be able to associate that with, oh, uh, well, we just changed right after a disaster. That just comes from the disaster. But if you look at other paranormal phenomenon where their height, we passed intensive legislation generally for the good. Like if you look at, um, say, the UFO phenomenon when it, when it hit its zenith 19, in the 1960s, clandestine fear of government agencies doing all sorts of weird crap. When did that culminate in the exact same time? What happened in the 1960s? 1966, the Freedom of Information Act is packed or is passed to where to make the government in America a lot more transparent. Um, Bigfoot, I didn't even think about that. If you know, if you look at when Bigfoot was at its apex, for like like the craze was huge for Bigfoot, it's the 1970s. And when do you have the Endangered Species Act passed? 1973. Like when we really seem to just be just in this fervor and involved and thinking about the paranormal with whatever it is, we seem to pass, at least here in the United States, maybe in places around the world, we pass legislation for that, generally for the better. And it's super weird. Yeah, and this all goes back to the legislation that was passed right after the Silver City Bridge collapse because there was a lot of fallout from it. Yeah, from that. And I just, I pitched that to Vic and I'm like, what, what does that say? And... Maybe it says that we won't make things better without a monster pushing us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. Truthfully, I'm still digesting a lot of this information because it seems like there's a association with cryptids and change. And I'm still digesting that. Like, even, I just heard that this not morning. Not even cryptids. Sorry, a, even aliens, the paranormal, the strange yeah, and just, unusual. Yeah, like it just, it's huge, overlooking thing. And I think that's one of the legacies that John Keel left was looking at the was looking at the paranormal from not just this, just a straight, like, like an individualized field, but looking at it as a whole. Because if you just look at the Mothman, like, yeah, it just looks like, yeah, just something bad happens and we change legislation. But when you compare it to, like, other fields of the paranormal, you have similar things that happen. There is a holistic connection within the paranormal. I like to say that there's a meta thread that we're yet to identify that connects it all. We don't talk about it much on the channel because the one time we did, we had a computer blow up. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. We did the top five things uh, in the paranormal. It was that it was all connected. It was and so then based, it destroyed your computer. <laughs> Guys, if there's going to be so we're, we're going to get black bagged. This is probably it. So just so you guys know, uh, I think that might be a good time for us to kind of segue into the pillow talk segment. <laughs> so we can good to me. prepare for the, uh, the, the men in black showing up to get us. So if you liked our probably final episode <laughs> before we get carted off to some secret government black site, uh, make sure that you guys leave us a like. I guess you could subscribe if it makes you feel better at that point. Um, leave us a review. Just, you know, it's, I guess that's going to sort of like an epitaph at this point if you do that. <laughs> I guess we really, we really do appreciate that. And uh, don't forget, keep believing. Because we'll keep listening. All right, guys, we're going to slide into the Pillow Talk segment of this podcast. If you want to check out the rest of this awesome podcast, go over to our Patreon and sign up. For as little as a dollar a month, you get the rest of these awesome podcasts as well as bonus episodes we put up exclusively for our patrons. And uh, if you're joining us today, I also just realized by watching myself on camera how big of a neck I have. Like, it is ridiculous. Like, I look like one of those dinosaurs that 
rams its head into things. Man, you got to stop looking at yourself on the camera. You're going to get upset. Right. You're going to give yourself a complex. I don't. I already have a complex looking at Jesus. Like, you I, are beautiful, you are loved, and you are always welcome to come to the gym with me. I think I've, I think I've just discovered my new fighting habit now. If I feel threatened, I'm going to lower my head and just ram it like Homer Simpson or something. Let's see how that works out for you in day-to-day society. Like, I don't <laughs> think I have the Homer Simpson dome head where my skull is thicker than everything else, but I mean, you never know. Like, or I might just give myself a traumatic brain injury. I don't know. Oh, please don't get a TBI. I'm not TBI. I'm just... I'm just...